Welcome in. Thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. Brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. I am joined today, as always, by Connor Holzkamp. Hello, hello. And behind the uh, producer seat there is Nick Sopris. Yo. Yo. What's up, buddy? How are you today? <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. Good, good. We kind of got a weird energy today. I am, of course, Jared All, uh, joining you as always. If you guys haven't already, find us on Twitter at Red Rock Sports One. Uh, we kind of got a weird vibe today coming in, so we're gonna we're gonna work on picking up the energy a little bit yeah. here around here. Okay. Yeah. So I think I think uh, everything's kind of rubbing off around us. You know, obviously the Nuggets are where they are. Avalanche on a losing streak. NFL draft coming up next week, but or this week, but. Broncos really don't have a ton of premium picks, so there's just kind of a weird energy around Denver flat. right now. It's yeah, flat. where you usually got a little excitement. So. Hey, Russ in his uh, jersey today, he looked good. Okay, can I bring up a topic that I've wanted to to bring up and touch on the last few weeks, and I haven't really gotten a chance to, but you, you mentioned Russ, and uh, I love Russ, okay? I love that he is the quarterback of the Denver Broncos, but I started following that man on Twitter, and... Whew. He's got a yeah. real team Tim Tebow thing going yeah, on. Yeah, he does. Quite a bit. Quite a bit and yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. It's a <laughs> bit much. And I've kind of <laughs> always felt that way about Russell Wilson. He is just a little over the top. Like, it's kind of phony, right? I mean, it's a, it's a bit much. Am I the only one? But he's yeah. our phony. Sure. And I'm like, I'm, I could not be happier that he's our quarterback. I don't care. I'll put up with it. You're a great quarterback. But it's a bit much. Yeah. Let's not compare him to Tebow, though, because Tebow kind of, like, sucks. Yeah, but I'm not saying as a football player, as a personality, he is real Tim Tebow. I mean, that is a great comparison. Yeah, I think. you know, you know who else uh, blasts the social media with that? Those types of, uh, you know, those types of uh, those proselytizing type things is uh, Bones Island. Yeah, yeah, I don't he, know. He's also uh, very, very and, that and way. And I don't, I don't want to make this weird or anything, but I, I think. Uh, he scares you. Russell Wilson more preaches, whereas Bones Highland's just a super, you know, excited, optimistic positive guy yeah, he is. out there. So I think there's a little bit of a different thing, but Russell Wilson's out there preaching, man, and it's just a little too much for him. I'm yeah, sorry. You know, I had to get know, that no, off my chest. Yeah, You know, it's it's fair. I, uh, uh, I you know, I, I could care less, though, when it comes to Sunday. I mean, yeah, really, get, truly. Get me like, football Sunday. Yeah, I don't even care, and also I think I like his wife even more than him, possibly. So, yeah, uh, I've been told. She's okay. I've been told by a few people <laughs> I need to listen to her music. I've never okay. listened. Can, can I really talented? Really talented. Yeah, it's just very, very good-looking music. Uh, but, good-looking but, music. But I do got. I, I have something that I did want to actually bring up about Sierra. Did you guys catch Nathaniel Hackett in the press conference when he opens up? Uh, he opens up to introduce Russell Wilson as the next Denver Bronco, and he basically just in front of everybody just says, "Your wife is hot." I mean, basically. That's what, not what, did his he, words. what did he actually say? His, that was, his words were, uh, I think I, I, I'm even more excited to meet Sierra. <laughs> you know and, what? And Maybe he, he likes smile. her music. You know, Maybe he really likes her music. That's Listen. relatable. Yeah, yeah. I got more excited when I saw her, too. Yeah, me, too. <laughs> I was a, way more excited for yeah, us. I hear you. So I thought that was pretty funny, though. Nathaniel Hackett, man, that guy cracks me up. Yeah, I like he's him. A cheese I like ball him too. more and more. Yeah, he, and I, he, I really hope he's a good coach. I do, too. Because I like the guy. Uh-huh. Certainly. So, all right, we will talk a little bit of Denver Broncos today. We obviously will have we? the draft coming up. Yeah, it's uh, oh, we, we it's, the draft. yeah, it's, it's Tuesday, the draft. April twenty sixth. We're recording here. The draft begins Thursday. So, by the time most of you guys are listening to this out there, we'll probably have seen at least a bit of the draft or or have seen the lead up to it. So, uh, Broncos obviously don't draft in the first round. Highly unlikely they end up moving into the first round. So, we'll kind of look at uh, some of maybe the. Uh, uh, 
needs that the Broncos have and and uh, kind of discuss our interest level in the draft this year. But before we get to that, I think it, 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 it's a time for us to touch on a subject that is getting a little sour, but uh, they did win this week, and that, that is the Denver Nuggets. They kept themselves alive, uh, winning the game Sunday 126 to 121. Uh, Despite Nick jinxing them last week, that's in the just pod. fake. Uh-huh. Just fake. Well, no, it, no. I mean, you did. You did kind of contradict yourself, Nick. Two weeks ago, actually, I was too excited. And All right, I was pumped, <laughs> but I said what I said. <laughs> yes, yes. and I don't take it back. Yeah, you got to live by that, right? As a fan, you gotta you gotta live by it. If that's what you felt, that's what you felt. The heart wants what the heart wants. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what was different about this game, guys? In Game Four, what was different for the Nuggets in getting the win? Uh, role players stepped up. I mean, you look at the first two games, right? First two blowout games. Really, Aaron Gordon was a shell of himself. He was a ghost. He was nowhere to be found. Uh, in the you know missing, we he was on the side of a milk carton. Aaron Gordon was the first two games. Uh, and then He's the rest kind of got a face that looks like it could be on the side of a milk cart. I know that's <laughs> uh-huh. we're just really into the looks today on the show. Yeah, we are. We're when he gets that kind of uh, dumb face look on his face after he misses a few threes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So really the role players did not show up in those first couple games. But really, too, if, if you're just being honest, Jokic did not have his 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 A plus game, right? His his MVP game that we are so accustomed to seeing, it wasn't quite there, and he played really well. Um, but it, it is tougher too when you when you don't have your role players playing, especially a guy like Jokic. His numbers are going to suffer a little bit. But Draymond Green really was kind of getting to him for uh, definitely the first game, the second game a little bit too. Uh, but he's really found a way to turn it around. Start of the week. Start of the week. Start of the week. Had two monster games after those first two games, right? Dominating games where he absolutely just ripped them up. Right now, Nikola Jokic leads the entire NBA playoffs in points per game. The entire playoffs in points per game. And he is shooting a better field goal percentage than the top 22 scorers in the NBA playoffs. That's impressive, right? Yeah. And, and, And this is no... I mean... Golden State's no slouch either. I mean, uh, granted, they're not. Their defense has not been the level. I, the, I'll put it this way: the Nuggets have scored a good amount of points in this playoffs. Okay, so but if you kind of just go look at the whole season, the Golden State Warriors are the number two rated defensive team, and Draymond Green is a two-time Defensive Player of the Year. I was going to possibly get a three-time this year until he got injured. So I mean, he's no slouch either. He's a he's a future Hall of Famer that is known primarily for defense. Whoa. What? You're, you're going to push back on that? Draymond Green, Hall of Fame? Absolutely. Oh, no doubt. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. E- easy. First ballot. R- really? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Dude, he's, one of, just, he's, he's on one of the best teams of all time. Two-time defense player of the year. What, the three, guy's a beast. Three-time champion? Yeah. There's been um, a lot of defensive players of the year that don't make a lot of multi-time defensive player of the years. I, you could argue that Draymond Green, outside of Steph Curry has been the most important piece in Golden State. And then how did that team look when Clay rounds? Thompson was out last year, right? How did they how did they look this year when Draymond Green was out? It was a, he he has a huge part of their team. I'm not saying he's not a big part, but uh, man. so Draymond, Draymond Green I, mean, I, I would argue is historically good. Is at Dennis defense. Rodman in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I, no, I'm not saying I'm saying <laughs> yeah. Dennis Rodman is the caliber guy I would expect in the Hall of Fame as a defender. I don't think Draymond Green is on that level as a defender. I don't think he is a game-changing defender. Defender. That's how Ooh, you make it. You in don't there. think he's a game-changing defender? 
I don't. You, you can't why walk not? that statement back. Yeah, or why you not? Gotta... No, I don't think he's a guy <laughs> that without all the scoring you're getting from Clay Thompson and and from Steph Curry and Jordan Poole, he's not winning this series. Yeah, but that's the... why they're winning this series. How many points are the Nuggets still scoring? 120 plus. Okay, but listen, Dennis Rodman, without MJ and Scottie Pippen, I mean, he's not winning the series. He's not. Well, winning. Look he, he at won him with... on the Pistons. That was a different team where he was a big time factor right, on but, that team. But defensive minded guys, you know, guys who are kind of specialists like Rob. He's, like he's like the ultimate glue guy. He's the guy that I was watching him clap and getting uh, Aaron Gordon's face and watching him play. Glue you could guy, just tell, yes. He's yeah, but he's the he, Oh, and he's a no doubter. This, this yeah, is, he's a no this doubter. Is, you guys are the same guys saying that Devin Hester belonged as a first bout Hall of Famer too, huh? As a c- apples and oranges, I apples and oranges. I definitely would not put David Hester into the same conversation as Draymond Green. I mean, Draymond Green was an integral part of multiple champions. What about special teamers? How do you feel about that? Well, that's totally different because they're not playing every play. Yeah, from heavy yeah, way minutes. different. It's usually like one or two plays. Right. You know, the whole thing about Draymond is he is just the ultimate. I hate to call him kryptonite. I feel like there's two guys that really struggle, or that that Jokic really struggles with. One is DeAndre Ayton. And the second one is Draymond Green. He's got a seven foot wingspan. He's got amazing hands, and he knows just he, he's really he's his basketball IQ is through the charts. I and think so he's he, a really good player. I'll give you one more. I think he struggles a little bit. Again. Yeah, relative to Jokic, right? Jokic doesn't really struggle against anybody. He but, struggles against Draymond. But but, he, but I will say that the, another guy I've, I've noticed kind of puts him off a step a little bit sometimes is Stephen Adams of all people. Yeah, uh, you know, just another big physical body gets real physical with him. The refs kind of let him play physical. Well, and the thing about thing about Draymond and, and Jokic for being seven foot. He is so quick for a seven footer, and uh, when you get up against elite, well, I'm sorry, I'm talking about Jokic. But oh, when you get yeah. a guy that's as quick, if not quicker, than Jokic, that seems to where, be where he struggles. And Aiton's one of those guys. Aiton doesn't necessarily have the hands or the basketball intelligence that Draymond does. But you know, both, I mean, they're different things. But ultimately, I think that Draymond's a horrible matchup for Jokic, and I think he really struggles to score. You Draymond can see it. Green Although is, now is that kid that played in, in basketball that wasn't any good, and he tries hard. You know, I mean, that's he tries harder than anyone out there on defense. <laughs> I'll give you that. He's a solid defender. He's a good player. He's an Even all-time potentially defender. potentially really good, but I, He's I, an all-time I gotta, defender. Yeah, He's an I all-time mean. all-time defender. Wow, you guys. I, I mean, this is just we're beating a dead horse here at this point, yeah. but I just think more than anything, it's more where I draw the line on a Hall of Fame caliber player. It's the same argument we've had about Matt Stafford and why I don't no. think he belongs in the Hall of Fame. No. You have to draw a line of elite. Wrong. And these guys aren't elite. They're He's really elite. good. He is elite. He's, He's definitely really elite. good. No, he is elite. He has elite. Well, I mean, what makes him not elite, Jared? What makes him elite? I'll tell you. He has elite hands. Absolutely top of the top line hands like, I mean he is so quick with his hands and defensive and anchor. lanes he is he is such a force at playing a physical brand of defense he has a low center of gravity he has the strength to go up against uh, big guys like Jokic he has the quickness to he's, go he's the guy one, hang on one time defensive player of the year oh is it only Draymond Green okay then maybe back he got, in 2017 maybe five he got, years he ago he had to have gotten second then one year yeah. five so yeah. years corrected. ago the, th- the other thing too is Draymond's the kind of guy that can change the game without scoring any points if that doesn't scream elite to me I don't understand what does because that's the kind of guy that can have two points I think he had uh, I should check but i think he had six or eight points and he was huge he was he was almost the reason with the exception of clay that we lost okay i think at this point we'll agree to disagree on what whether he's a hall of fame guy but i will give you this he is a really good player i think he's a factor on this this team and one of the main factors in this series because he does match up very well against Jokic, and he is playing well i just don't think he's a hall of famer i think we're drawing a weird line there 
Okay. To, to include right, hey. him as a just first ballot Hall I think, of Famer. You know what? Now that Ooh. I know you feel this way, I might have to come. Another Stat show. The stat of the have, week will be a Draymond Green. Yeah, I might have to come at you <laughs> with right, some, some sort right, of Draymond. I'm right. going to show you that. I'm going to I'm going to show you the error of your ways here, Jay. All right. All right. Now, hey, you think so? Just, just for Nuggets Nation out there, I am I am not like sitting here trying to just like applaud Draymond. I, I do oh, not I definitely, like. I definitely I don't, am. I don't I love Draymond am. as a player. Like I don't. Oh, I don't. Really? Like, I'll put it this way. I hate to play against Draymond, right? Like he is just such a get under your skin type of player. He's just so loud. He's boisterous and he's trumping up and down the court. You know what I mean? He definitely got so Draymond got Excuse second. Me. Draymond got second in Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, I, I want to say it was twenty twenty one. So that's where I'm getting confused. Apologies. And and honestly, he was the favorite to get it this year until he got hurt. So um, yeah, okay. Neither here nor there. I want to get back to the Nuggets a little bit. I think Jokic. For for all that was said about how he kind of struggled a little bit these first couple games, he's really figured something out. He scored these last two games. He scored 37 points. Uh, I believe it was 37 both games against Draymond. He's shooting, I believe, over 70%. I could be. It's it's right around there. I mean, he is uh, he has absolutely figured out how to how how to play against him. You know, so um, you kind of look at Nikola Jokic too. He kind of. It kind of seems like he does this in series, you know? It seems like sometimes he... I don't want to say he starts off, like, slow or anything, but it sometimes takes him a couple games to really figure out, like, how they're playing defense. How is he going to dissect them? How is he going to dominate? Um, but I think he's done that now. I mean, I, I really... Uh, Nick, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't, I don't see... These last two games, I don't see Draymond's presence at all uh, on Jokic, really. I mean, he's dominating. like Just like he would dominate anybody else in the league, basically. I don't know. I think that Draymond's going to get scored on, and he recognizes that. And so I think you just have to let Jokic. And, and Steve Kerr even said it in the telecast. We, we just have to let Jokic score. We have to limit the other teams. And Draymond's doing his best. And I, th- I think that if it was a different player... I think that the games would be less close because Draymond has such an impact on the game in creating contested shots. There was a couple threes that Jokic shot that didn't go in that probably should have, but Jokic, um, Draymond was in his face. So I think I think Draymond has a huge impact on the game regardless of the box score. I think the the telling stat, which Golden State has really been benefit, benefiting from, is the three-point percentage. So I think in the series, they were shooting over 50% from three, and they really came back down to earth. They shot 35% from three, which is still league average pretty much. And Jordan Poole came back to, came back down to earth a little bit. So I think the thing that made me nervous, we can all agree that Golden State played like garbage the first quarter. And I think, yeah, it was 26-21 nugs. And you had to be a little nervous because they played so bad. Uh, I was going to say Pepsi Center. Bell, uh, Ball Arena was going absolutely nuts, and we were up five. So I don't know. It, it the, the game was a lot closer than it needed to be, or felt like it should have been. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I, I, I hear that. And you know, this game that the Nuggets won in in Game Four. Uh, you know, you ask. I think you specifically asked, Jared. You know, what, what was it? You know, what, what was the difference? Yeah, what was the difference? And so, you know, in addition to some of these these role players, right? I mean, okay. So here's what's tough. I look at that game as like the Nuggets had to do everything that they could possibly do and and they won, right? And obviously that's going to be tough to replicate. I mean, look at what happened in game four, okay? 
you had Bones Highland make a make a Bones appearance, right? That was good to see. It was good to see Bones Highland make a make a true Bones appearance in the playoffs, right? Where he has that streak where he hits back to back to back threes from deep. Right? I think that also has a lot it. of impact long term on a young guy like that, giving him that confidence in that moment. Now, even if that may not be for this year, as you go into next year, he's been there. Yeah, he's no, no, that. it's great experience for him moving on, moving into next year. But so you had that happen, right? The back to back to back threes. He had ballerina absolutely pumping right uh and then you look third quarter monte morris drains five threes. Uh, that was awesome that's my guy five threes that was unbelievable i mean that's awesome right like that is how you got to beat this team and then in addition i would say for the last two games not just this game but aaron gordon absolutely stepped up he was a difference maker he was a bully down low he wasn't just settling for his threes he didn't look as timid right you know what i really like about aaron gordon uh, in that in the game four was he just gets right up in, in Draymond's face first play, right? Draymond comes in. We all saw it. Pokes pokes uh, Jokic's eye. You guys see that still shot, by the way? It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. yeah it's, that's pretty, how, that's pretty where he's such a good defender. Oh, pretty yeah. disgusting. He's ab- he has like a, a like a full knuckle inside Jokic's eye socket. So And one of his fingers up his nose. So you know, I had two fingers in Jokic, you could say. Uh, what? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yikes. Whoa. Uh, Yo. But hey, let's keep this PG. Uh, yeah. Aaron Gordon, by all reports, right, was getting a little bit. He was kind of getting bullied by Draymond. Like, Draymond was kind of seeking out Aaron Gordon and, and trash talking him and being, you know, he, you know, he was trying to get in his head a little bit for two games. So it was really good to see Aaron Gordon to say, Nope, not here. Not today. Like I, I'm back. And so Aaron Gordon really, really stepped up for this team. I think he played one of his best defensive games, if not the best defensive game in the playoffs that I've ever seen him play uh, in game four. So it really kind of all came together when, when he asked what the difference was, it was, it was role players stepping up, uh, making shots. It was the Nuggets being locked in on defense, and then Nikola Jokic just absolutely dominating. I think what makes it really tough is that the Nuggets played out of their mind in the sense of production, help from their role players, and they still almost lost. They played out of their minds, and the game still came down at, to, home. at, at home, home. At home, exactly. So I think for me, the MVP is your boy, Boogie Cousins. That poor dude just can't catch a break. You know what I mean? It just feels oh, like... And that tech was I'm not, so I'm not saying the refs right. seek him out. But they seek him out, and it's just it's it's too bad because he played really well, three for three, four rebounds, two assists. I don't feel like the stats really indicate the ability he had for Jokic to take time. He came, Jokic came back pretty late at the end of the game. I expected him to come back in sooner, but Boogie yeah, was playing he nice. thirty eight minutes. Yeah, you know, which is uh, I think that's a solid number for him to play. Uh, but it's, you're right, Boogie coming in is huge. Being able to to play that physical brand of basketball, uh, let Jokic rest a little bit, and you know, let's be honest. I mean, let's just be frank here. The Nuggets second unit has to win their minutes because because that's the I mean that is the opportunity that the Nuggets have to kind of get ahead right when they're resting some of their guys um you know it's a big opportunity they, they the Nuggets reserves have to win their minutes so Boogie Cousins by the way fined fifteen thousand dollars for uh, kicking towels into the stands jump change before. yeah that's jump change <laughs> <laughs> you know this man can't get that that technical that was absurd. he did bump him. Well, he, I mean, I'm not saying it's warranted, but he needs to embrace it. He needs Draymond to Green so bent out of his, shape about it, and he needs to just that was embrace it. Go get the tech. You guys remember the Broncos Super Bowl 50 season? It was. It seemed like almost every first drive, their defense would get some personal foul, unnecessary roughness. Set the tone, man. I think that's what you got to do is set that tone early. Go get that technical. Who cares if you get kicked out of the game? You're a backup anyways, bro. Nicole Jokic cares. It. 
Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think we true. want him picked <laughs> Not out. Not early. Maybe yeah. late fourth he get yeah. kicked out. It's fine. It's fine. Send a message. Sometimes you got to send a message. That's all I'm saying. It's, you uh, need a guy like, like that. Like the Aqib Tlaib ripped the helmet exactly. off. Exactly. Yeah. You need John an enforcer Lynch. out there. And Boogie Cousins is certainly that. But but to your point and what you're talking about and him, his ability to keep uh, Jokic off the court, just imagine, guys, when this is a healthy roster and he's actually playing with some scorers around him in that second unit uh, versus a little bit of kind of scrub action some times that we're getting right now man you, you all of a sudden have a really good second unit with with bookie cousins at the the five spot there so i think it's a good fit i hope that he sticks around with the nuggets for i mean what are they signing for is it just through this it's year just through the year so i hope that that's something that they look at as they're uh moving forward uh any chance guys the nuggets are coming back in the series Do you have any more confidence than when we sat here last week uh <laughs> Not not really. Not even like uh, a one percent. I gained. I would say I gained maybe 1%. like a five percent confidence level. You go win game five, my confidence actually goes through the roof, and I'm feeling well, a lot better. I, I do got. I, I got a couple numbers here for you. All okay, right. Okay. So, uh, they were the the Golden State Warriors were the 147th team to go up 3-0 in a playoff series ever in in, in a playoff series for NBA, uh, and then. There has only been, let's see, there, there's only been 14 times out of those 147 where there's even a game six, right? Out of all those, there's only even 14 times out of 147 where there's a game well, six. And, and, and then only three of those series, three out of 147 have gone to a game seven. And they never won it. And, and it's never happened to where they win it. So I, I would say the odds are definitely against them. The Golden State looks really strong right now. But um, it's, it's, it's obvious to me why, right? You get that game four, you're up 3-0, you take your foot off the gas a little bit, you don't have that need to get that win, whereas the Nuggets obviously had nothing to, you know, nothing to play for if you don't win, right? So then now all of a sudden you give up that win, and you're 100% focused. You are going to get the Warriors throwing everything at you. They're going to do everything they can to end this series now, give themselves some rest to go into uh, the next round. I want so badly to jinx the Nuggets and say they're going to win. I won't do it. DraftKings <laughs> has them at nine-point dogs, and they're at home. I, it's really hard, and they didn't shoot the ball particularly well for Golden State. I, it, it, It's a tough task. Hey, uh, just be competitive. I, I would say some things that give me hope that the Nuggets can actually keep it close in this in this uh, game five coming up, right? Because I, I actually do. I'm gonna I'm gonna go as far as to say I don't think the Nuggets will get blown out. I'll go on record as saying I don't think it's gonna be a blowout. I think there's several things that have happened that give the Nuggets some hope. One, Nikola Jokic has figured out Draymond. I truly believe that. I I, I truly believe that he has figured out how he has to play against Draymond Green in order to be effective. Hall of Fame players don't get figured he, out like that. Hi, you do it with, another, about that. with another Hall of Fame player. <laughs> I'm just more surprised. I did not expect you guys to totally think I was crazy for saying yeah, that. Yeah, you're definitely you insane. crazy wow. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I do think that. That's one thing. I think an, another thing is, is Michael Malone has found... I don't want to say a solution because that's not correct, but, but I want uh, he's found some sort of way to counteract that quote-unquote death lineup, right? The lineup where they have the the four smaller players and Draymond playing center. And it's something that I, I've been saying this whole series. I don't understand why. Uh, I believe I said it last week. I don't know why Jeff Green is finishing games against that lineup when you have Austin Rivers, who's clearly your best perimeter defender, uh, sitting on the really bench. really looked pretty good 
fairly good in this series as well, a defender. And so he played, you know, something around 20 minutes in, in the first two games and, you know, something like 26 minutes, something like that in, in, the, in game three. And uh, I'm just sitting there like, like, come on, man, how obvious? I mean, it, you know, if us armchair quarterbacks over here can watch the game and be like, we got to get this guy in here. I don't, I don't really understand what took so long, but besides the point. They figured out, I really do think that we're going to see Austin Rivers a lot more this game, just like we did last game. It was the first game that Austin Rivers played more than 30 minutes. Played 36. Is there yeah. any thought to having him start the game? No. I don't think so. I don't think so. You're, you're not even losing. I guess it depends. If, if I guess I could see it if Steph Curry comes and starts in okay, this game. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. I, All right, well I, said, Connor. Yeah. I, I retract my statement. <laughs> I, I, I could see it. But Which, is there a point where the Warriors are like, okay, enough messing around. I think, if, jo- I think if, if Jordan they, Poole plays poorly again, yeah. and not to say I, he played Frankly, poorly, I think if they lose, that and he's back. He, he's going to be starting. He's going to try to tear him down from step one. Well, yeah, no no doubt. And so, actually, that, Nick, your point, that was that, that leads me to, to my third thing, I think, that is that is hopeful for the Nuggets in this, is that I actually think that they found a, a plan of attack. Now, you uh, to, to attack Jordan Poole, right? I think because if you listen to Michael Malone, he's talked about the three-headed monster, right? He talks about three... And he, he's t- kind of talked about like taking... How do you take away one of the heads of the monster, right? And if you kind of just look at last game, right? Just look at what, what they did. They kind of took... They, they did... Their game plan was to kind of try and take Jordan Poole out of the game. And they did that by being really physical with him. Aaron Gordon played excellent defense on Jordan Poole. But it wasn't just him. They were swarming Jordan Poole. Every time he got the ball, they there was a guy right in his face. They did not give Jordan Poole the opportunity to create some space. So I think... It'll be interesting to see how Golden State kind of counteracts that, right? Um, because they certainly did. I thought that was a huge key to them winning game four. And I would certainly imagine they're going to try and do similar things in game five. So I would say those things give me some hope that it's not going to be a complete blowout like it was the first times, right? Um, and hey, hope, hoping to have another Aaron Gordon sighting. Because uh, he showed up at home twice in a row. It'd be really great to see him just show up on the road. It would at least give me some... That would give me some confidence going into next year, seeing Aaron, you know, win or lose. If Aaron Gordon shows up again, it's going to give me more confidence that, like, he can be this guy. Yeah, Golden State, again, I'm obviously a big Nuggets fan, but Golden State, man, they are fun to watch. Watching just Clay come off a screen, Ugh. it's Ugh. it's ridiculous. Woof. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I know, I hear you. I hear you. I just hate it when they're playing. The he looks like Jackie Moon. How can you not they like just, a player like they Clay just Thompson? don't miss? It's just so smooth every yeah. time. I mean, I think you could argue that Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are two of the greatest ten shooters of all time. That's like, like saying that Draymond Green is not a Hall of Fame player. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, right. It's obvious. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. obvious. It's, it's, I mean, I don't know why you would say anything else. It's not even arguable. Like they it would be one of those things that you would just say. Yeah. <laughs> so for every sure. every guy in a big three is a Hall of Famer now. Is that what we're getting to? Like three championships. Yeah. Defensive player. Uh, okay. Unstoppable. <laughs> but okay, let's talk a little more macro though. As far as the Golden State Warriors, I will agree. I love watching the Warriors. It, it's it's more of when you look back at Boo. when I know and look back years ago. Okay, when in fact years ago when they last beat the Nuggets in the playoffs. Sorry to go there again, but like two thousand eight. Yeah, when this team finally kind of came out in, in mm. doing this this style of play, right? Playing this way, shooting perimeter play, running that small, small lineup, ball. the small ball. Uh, they changed. They flipped the game on its head, and, and that's awesome. I think that's something to me that we'll all reflect back on years from now, looking back of, wow, that was something. LeBron James was the best player in the league for a long time, but he played the game the same way as everyone had been playing it. He was just bigger, better, stronger, faster. 
Steph Curry flipped the game on its head and everyone started playing the game a different way because of Steph Curry and because of Steve Kerr and the way that they orchestrated this roster. Okay, I will say this since we're uh, since we're having a jerk session with the uh, yeah. Golden State Warriors Yeah, right go now, on. Yep. I will say this. It is a lot of fun to watch and I'm... I hate watching their dancing and all that. I mean, honestly, it drives me freaking insane. But it has been so much fun to watch Jokic and Draymond go at it. Yeah. The the IQ of these two players is absolutely unreal. There was a play I was watching in game three. I, I went to that game, by the way. It was really awesome. It was such a great energy there. It's unfortunate we lost. Um, that's why I will never go to another playoff game because we lost. That's that one, stupid. So that's know. stupid train of thought. But I, go know, on. I know. Okay. So, so there was a play where Nikola Jokic is running off of this uh, off-ball screen. And Nikola Jokic, or I'm sorry, uh, Draymond Green knows that Nikola Jokic is kind of trying to go around these and then fake back in, and then go back, cut back inside and get a nice layup in the key. Like, he knows it. He knows what Jokic is trying to do because he, he's seen this play on film so many times. Jokic knows that Draymond knows. And so he fakes him out the way that he normally does the play and cuts back around outside and just like the chess match that is going on between these two players it remind, is unreal. It dude. reminds it me is. of that that scene in The Water Boy with uh, oh God, uh, Henry Winkler yeah. where he's the coach and he's having a total meltdown and he's like, he thinks about faking. <laughs> he fakes the fake. No, he thinks about faking. It's just been, it has been so much fun to watch these two go at it because I truly do believe Jared, another elite uh aspect of Draymond's game I think he is one of the highest IQ players in the NBA no doubt about it in my mind and Jokic clearly is too and, and so it's just been it has been so much fun watching these two guys go at it if it, really it was up been. to you two guys half the league would be in the hall of fame well it's, it, most okay. of them are I would say I would say it's like the <laughs> hall it's like, it's like the hall of very see? good it's not the hall of fame in the yes. NBA yes okay maybe that's my issue with it maybe my argument shouldn't be that he is not a hall of fame player he but even if it was the hall of fame belong. and elite he'd be in there yeah yeah but you know again I don't know. I struggle with some of your takes because after the Baker Mayfield conversations we've been having, I just struggle. Wait for it. Wait for it, guys. Just wait till he lands. Baker Mayfield. Jared wants to put Baker Mayfield. Do you guys see his? You see that he coincidentally is getting a statue. This yeah, it looks ridiculous. Looks ridiculous, but also timing, guys. Timing. You wait until he is literally getting kicked out of the league, basically, or being told he's no longer a starter. Now you decide to give him. Is this in Cleveland? Like on? No, it's in Oklahoma. Oklahoma at their stadium but it's pretty funny it's it's him in like an action pose like he's running in a game but then he has no helmet and that's just bad anyways because it is so hard to get those busts to look right it doesn't even look like him looks terrible looks nothing like he's got a giant forehead think about how his uh, statue his bust in uh, Canton will look Jared yeah probably I know he's Mm. probably a Hall of Fame guy don't you think I don't know (laughs) he was on a team that that made uh, the playoffs so yeah all right, before we get off the Nuggets, Nick, <laughs> prediction. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. How do the Nuggets fare in game five? They lose by eight and a half. Ooh. Going with the line. Therefore, they <laughs> I Guess what? I can guarantee you, a hundred. I will bet you a million dollars they do not lose by eight and a half points. Okay. So that's a terrible prediction. <laughs> yeah, okay. What do you think? I don't know. Maybe eight or nine. Not eight and a half. That's impossible. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fine. 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 <laughs> they will lose. <laughs> Nick's just saying the line. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> they will lose by less than the uh, than the spread. How about that? I I, I think the I think they cover too. To be honest, but I could I could definitely see the Nuggets losing. I could see this being a game where I hope they win, man. I hope they win because then it's a whole different series coming back. Like you got a little life, right? Uh, but I think there's 
they're going to be a little too much for to handle. I think it's going to be one of those games where Golden State kind of extends the lead to like you know maybe 14, 15 points, something like that. We kind of cut it down to eight. They extend it back over ten. We cut it down to like six, and I think we end up you know finishing like eight, nine points, something like that. Nick, you still got that betting app up? Uh, yeah. What What is the uh, money line for the Nugs? The money line for the Nugs is plus three twenty. Let's take plus three twenty, oh, baby. Nuggets are taking wow. this one down, boys. Okay. Wow. I believe. I believe. Only just because next week I want to be able to look back and say that I believed they were going to win one more. If they do, you know, whatever. It's a. It's a. Hey, if they win, win this situation. one, I think they win in the the game so six at home, you. and then boom, believe. it's you on. You got to believe. You got to believe. I'm that, bringing it back. That okay. Game three. Nick's though, man. not going to get overly optimistic. I will bring it today. They are going to win game like five, guys. All right? I like it. Okay. I do have one more topic, actually, on the Nuggets before we move off. Uh, just listening nationally, when, when you listen to anybody talk this playoffs nationally about the Nuggets and Nicole Jokic, you can't listen to the conversation without somebody bringing up how this somehow proves, the way that the Nuggets are playing right now somehow proves that Jokic didn't deserve the MVP. And I want to kind of frame this in a question to you guys. The Nuggets have not played well in the playoffs in either of the two seasons that Jokic won the MVP. They obviously won a series last year, but then they got beat pretty badly. Jokic won a series with Bakundo Composo starting. But I'm just he saying, I'm just saying overall, <laughs> overall, it's not very often you see MVPs that have early exits in the playoffs. This will be two years in a row, and this will be a first round, most likely, exit for the Nuggets. Does that take anything away from his MVP, the fact that they have not had success in the playoffs. I don't even really have to overexplain it. It's the most valuable player of the, the regular, regular season. season. So okay. yeah. I, I, so anyways, yeah, I don't know. I hate to hate to nip that in the bud, but yeah. I just it's such a dumb argument to do that, in my opinion, because again, kind of a victim of circumstance. He's been without his second and third options. Again, yada yada yada. But I have a I have a really well thought out answer for this. Okay, okay. good. No. <laughs> so I do actually have a good, well thought out Absolutely response. Absolutely not. That is the well thought I, out no, response. No, no, the, no. To me, it goes beyond the idea that it doesn't take away from his MVPs. This solidifies why he won the MVP. He carried teams that didn't belong. These, their teams are right this right now in this series proving they don't belong in the playoffs. No, absolutely. And Nikola Jokic carried them there and now he's facing the top teams in the league and can no longer carry him you look back last year golden state warriors they didn't even make it out of the play-in when they didn't have their guys and if i'm not mistaken it was basically only clay thompson they were missing all last year i know steph curry was out for a bit but regardless that team didn't even make the playoffs okay so i mean that's because it's different. Yeah, well, he, no, you, that that's how good Nikola Jokic is. That's why he deserves. No, no doubt. I mean, we, hey, we've been saying all year, man. Uh, the Nuggets with uh, you look at the on-off numbers. The, the Nuggets with Nikola Jokic have a net rating around the a little bit better than the Phoenix Suns. And without Nikola Jokic on the court, they're worse than the Detroit Pistons. And in fact, they're historically bad. They're one of the worst teams in the NBA with him off the court. Now, granted, granted, if you took anybody's top player off, like. It's going to be, you know what I mean? Like, so like the worst, the worst team in all time net rating still had a best player, right? You know what I mean? So like, I, I, that's, that's a little well, skewed. The, the, the argument that I always like is if you were to switch players, who would be, who would have the better season? So if we switched Embiid and Jokic and we switched them teams, would Embiid have had as good of a record? And my short answer is no. No, yeah, I don't think so either. And Nicole Jokic does, uh, does much more. He's, he, you know, being that point guard role, he's, he does a lot more to to affect winning. Uh, so you know, I agree with you, Jared. I think it is. I think if anything, it kind of solidifies. 
uh, one of the biggest one of the biggest reasons people voted for Nikola Jokic this year was because of that argument, because of the fact that he carried a team that had no business being in the playoffs all the way to forty eight wins. So, and when did those votes official or like everything become official? Because they've started coming out. So, uh, most improved went to Jaw. And I think that they announced, I actually don't know when they actually announced that I can look. Also, does anyone know behind the scenes, when are those votes actually due? At the end of the season. They're, okay. they're, they're due the Monday. At the, they okay, were due I was Monday. like, we're not we're not getting people voting after the playoffs have started. Nah, still. They, no. they were due. They were it's due. just like the election votes where it takes you way longer than <laughs> well, they, so they know. Okay, so they already know. Right, they already know. They're who, just strategically who leaking them. Uh, I, one so at I, a time. I believe Nick Nick can check, but I, I do believe that they announced the MVP around the conference finals. Okay. If, if memory serves okay. me right, and so that that's what they kind of do is they start announcing these awards, kind of trickling it out throughout the playoffs, and I think by the conference finals is when they do the MVP. Although I will say that some sports books have already started paying out. Uh, Jokic bets. Yeah, so uh, NBA usually announces the winner of the MVP award at the end of June. They say there's no set date. For instance, Jokic won on June 8th, while Giannis won his 2020 trophy, uh, again, COVID, so uh, on September 18th. So there's no... That'd be around the conference finals. Right. So, yeah. No, well, hey, I think he's won it this year. There's, There's been some sports books. I can't remember off the top of my head which one it was, but there was a sports book who basically said... Nicole Jokic is going to win the MVP. We know this and we recognize it. If you, you know, so they basically gave a free $10 bet to anyone who bet Joel Embiid, you know, as a, as a promotion. And we want you to come to the casino and play blackjack. Right, right, right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. exactly. And they already gave it to him. I mean, so it's, hey, he, he's going to win it this year. And uh, I'm just so glad they didn't get swept because I do not want, you know, if, if the Nuggets were swept, it would be the first time in NBA history that an MVP got swept in the first round. Oh, yeah. No, you can't. <laughs> you can't have that over your head. And it's okay because not only do they not get swept, but they are going to ride to victory in game five. Let's and see it. While we're all enjoying watching that game, everybody out there needs to get on Thrive Fantasy and go get in on some of the DFS contests. Again, if you haven't tried Thrive Fantasy before, get on there. It's DFS for player props. And I've been having a lot of fun through the playoffs. You can kind to build different things for games and stuff so you get in the contest you can also do parlays for player props which i know our good friend tyler walgy loves tells me about all the time all the success he has on thrive fantasy so make sure guys when you go on there though use our promo code red that's r-e-d you get a free hundred dollars download the thrive fantasy app or find them online thrivefantasy.com all right getting ready to talk some colorado avalanche hockey but before we do that this day in sports history. 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 All right. Got a few for you today. April 26th. Oh, sorry. April 25th, 1980. A's manager, Billy Martin, was restrained by the umpires from attacking a fan. Now, before you mention this, Billy Martin was the same manager last week that pulled the lineup out of a hat for the Yankees Whoa. and won a game. Now so that's a stat. <laughs> so that's a stat. Not even a stat. Excuse me. That's sports history. So this guy must have been a wild guy, huh? Well, he did he get fired by the Yankees multiple times. Uh, I think so. And then yeah. he got named like their manager of the year too. I mean, yes, yeah, we got to look some yeah. Billy Martin in here. So maybe we should we do go. like a Billy Martin segment. <laughs> All right. I so like it. then we got April 26th, 1931. Lou Gehrig hits a home run, but is called out for passing a runner in his home run trot, the mistake costs him the AL home run crown. He and Babe Ruth tie for the season. Okay, wait, wait, wait. But who is this guy that he passed? This is the guy I want to know. How do you let someone pass you on a home run? Yeah, I don't really know. My man was excited. You know what I mean? So I don't know. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. All right, got uh, got two more real quick for you. 1983, April 26th. NFL draft Stanford quarterback John Elway first pick by the Baltimore Colts. Oh, ooh, wow. that's a big one around here. Whoa! And then last one because I know you love it, Nick. So May first, nineteen twenty, the longest MLB game. Yes, by inning. Tell me more. <laughs> Brooklyn Robins. No way. Tie the Boston Braves. Wait, 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 you guys going to tie. They tied. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, so uh, they just called. They're finally like, screw it. We're this, done. This is uh-huh. like cricket. It was nineteen hours and forty-two minutes. Uh, this is by innings. Oh, how many innings? Yeah. Uh, nineteen. Jared. No, no. Twenty. Tw- Thirty-two. I'm gonna say twenty-seven. Twenty-six innings. Oh, I was pretty close. So you guys complain about baseball being long. How about a twenty-six inning tie? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right. I can't even. Argue and that's all that. I got for I you. That's all I got for that. you today. <laughs> all right. It's a long stuff. one though. The Billy it's, Martin one's good. Yeah. I think I need to like. Is there a book? There's got to be a book out there about it's Billy Martin. Be. I think that'd be a good be. one. That poor to read. bastard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Drawing names out of a hat, and you know the fan thing is super relatable. Yeah. They're the worst. Yeah. The, well, they are I'm the worst. Point at both of you when I said it. Especially the NBA Malice at the Palace. You know, it's great. That thirty for thirty was good. I haven't seen it. Did you guys? Oh, it's really good. Were you guys watching that live when it happened, or do you remember? I remember I was sitting at home watching the because again that's before all the shows and all that stuff. You could just get the same thirty minute show eight times. Wild. (laughs) Yeah, I I remember. uh, I remember flipping to it. I remember talking to somebody like, "Do you guys see what's happening right now?" And because it was so long, right? It was one of those things you could like call somebody up and. You know, call another person. You just hit what the last like twenty minutes or something. It was, it was wild. Yeah, so it was weird for me because I was playing. I remember specifically, I was playing video games. Turned it off. That's what happened to be on the TV. And within the minute or two that I'm cleaning stuff up, boom, it happened. I just happened to turn it on right as this beer gets thrown on him and Artest goes into the stands. I think he was Artest at that time, whatever his name was. Yeah, Metal World Peace around Artest. Same yeah, same. and same, same. Uh, boy. That was uh, entertaining, and I—I I mean, I knew it right then and there. I was like, "This is big. This is this is gonna be." So I think I think Billy Martin was thing. before his time. A little bit, yeah. Uh-huh. That's the pr- problem. <laughs> Although I would have thought back in what the '80s is that '80s? You said or. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I know how quickly we forget, right? Oh, but right. Uh, in the you know in those seventies, eighties, I thought you could get away with more, but apparently not. They were they were on it. Did you guys see the security guard that tackled that uh, protester as she was trying to get on? The, <laughs> yeah, I come with the one that tried to glue herself to the court. Well, no, this is so this every game a- there's been a protester trying oh, to get on the court. Okay, okay. Um, this one basically ran from the front row or second row. And clearly, the security guy had eyes on her. They, he obviously knew she was sketchy because she didn't even get that first foot down in bounds. Like she was wearing and, Skechers? And boom, he was tackled. Or she was tackled. And this guy took her down. I, it. I did not see it's it. It's good. Go find she it. Was gonna go, she was going to go to the owner and do something. He had something about a chicken farm. She was super upset about how the chicken yeah, farm. Yeah, they're all, they're all upset about the chicken farm because apparently the owner owns a chicken farm and they, they killed a whole bunch of chickens because they had the bird flu, which honestly, I may not be educated on this matter. So like, you know, yeah. take it with a I, grain of salt. Hey. But like if birds get the bird flu and like you own a chicken farm, like do you have any options? Like, I don't know. Are there other options yeah, available? Uh, you're, you're asking the wrong guy and I'm not, I'm not going to get into anyone's uh, political things and whatnot. But I do want to say something. This is accomplishing nothing. I don't get what they're trying to do. Nobody's going to change their opinion as the result of a, a group of you know maniacs, essentially, that are you know 
really causing disruptions to a basketball game. I, I mean, come on, you guys aren't accomplishing anything. I'm all for you know believing what you believe in and you know peaceful protesting and there's you have the right to do that and all that. But what what are you doing? What are you accomplishing? Also, what was this lady thinking was going to happen when she runs on the court? I mean, it was pretty obvious. Somebody's tackling you to there pretty quickly. I I, I don't get it. If you're going to do it, at least streak. At least go for it. Okay. <laughs> All right, moving on to some avalanche talk. Uh, they have also been struggling down the stretch here. Uh, lost four straight. That is their longing, longest losing streak of the season. There's only three games remaining. They have the one seed locked down. Does not matter, but they're kind of looking more like a long shot now to even have a chance to win the president's trophy. Is this a big deal? Are you guys seeing any cause for concern? The avalanche struggling down the stretch. Are they struggling down the stretch? Yeah. They've it, lost four in a row. I mean, I guess obviously, right? They lost four in a row. I mean, what's the question? No, like, I mean, <laughs> is it a cause for concern? Oh, is the okay, question. Okay, are you concerned okay. that they are struggling uh, down the stretch? I have a really well thought answer, uh, thought out answer for this one too. No. All right, Connor, man, a few <laughs> words for uh, change. That's, yeah, that's a little a nice different. Pace, yeah, this right? is wild right now. You know now. how hard we've worked for this? <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, obviously we've got goals bigger than the President's Cup. I think it's nice to have, you know, the Nugget or the Avalanche started so hot going into the last couple postseasons. Let's get a little pessimism going on. Let's get some negativity. Now, see, I, I was actually hoping to like set one of you guys up to, to take the bait here because this is the best thing. Quit uh, trying to achieve God, there regular season. <laughs> there things. he goes. It's bad for you. There it's, he goes. Uh, it's no good. See, Jared Focus seems to on think your goals. that somehow winning okay. the President's Cup uh, somehow makes your chances Connor, less to win a Stanley Cup. Last season, makes the Colorado sense. Avalanche won the President's tro Trophy. Then they proceeded to shit themselves out of the and playoffs. it's not because okay? they won the President's Trophy. It has nothing to do with it. The, the, their two are not it, mutually no, exclusive. I, I 100% believe no. there is a mindset no. that goes into that. You want to know why, Connor? Boo. Not only did they put every... It's not just the, the player's mindset. It's the coach. It's how they're approaching it. They won their last five games last season and eight of their last nine. You're telling me this isn't a team giving it everything they could to win that President's Trophy Jared. because they thought it meant something. Jared. These are professional athletes you were talking about. And honestly, if, if it takes that for you to like get it's in the not right just mindset that. or whatever, Look like at what, what is Jared Bednar is doing this year? He's <laughs> switching up the lineups at the end of the year. He's rotating different guys, getting them on different shifts, getting them familiarized with what they're going to see in the playoffs. They're resting players, guys that could play that they're resting so they can be healthy. It's a mental okay. shift to focus the, on the playoffs. That's the first good point that you just made and that whole rant you just had. What, what is this, Little League, Jared? Are you going to give them orange slices at half? Halftime, like that, sounds pretty good. Yeah, right that's now. I'm not what the lie. president <laughs> trophy is. That's the orange slices at halftime. I don't need that. Oh I want the cup, man. Right, I want listen, the cup. The, the the point that you made that I that I think is a good point is, and the reason why I'm not concerned with this streak, right? This losing streak they're on right now is. They don't have all their players, and, and not only that, but they they could have their players. You know, uh, Dave on Taves and and Miko Rantanen. They they haven't been playing. They could play. If it was a playoff game, right? Like they could you know actually what? play. You're like scarring me right now after this whole Nuggets thing where people kept saying, well, maybe they'll play. Maybe they'll. Oh, don't do that to me, Connor. No, I am not concerned at all. The Colorado Avalanche are going to run through the Western Conference. The only team that is going to even give them any trouble at all is Calgary. 
And and yeah, you know what? You could probably like sell me on whether or not Calgary it will be be a big enough challenge to actually beat the Avalanche. Like that could that could happen. I'm not going to be cocky and arrogant and say like they are not a good enough team to beat us. But uh, no, I, I fully expect the Avs to run through the Western Conference playoffs. I am not concerned at all about this this losing streak. Nor would I be concerned if they were on a winning streak. I think this is just. Freaking insane! Like I, I'm sorry. I think you are. No, I think you I are insane. Think it matters. It any matters, of this matters. Your mental mindset and how oh you approach the games that does matter. And you oh can't God. convince me otherwise. Can we, can we get like our producer over here to get us some orange slices, please? Ne- Actually, that would be great. I am getting a little hungry. Maybe a Capri a Sun long today. Yeah, a Capri Sun. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Ooh, ooh that needs to be stocked in the fridge. In fact, I was promised there was going to be a mini fridge <laughs> in this studio before long, and here we are, guys. We're almost a year into doing. This show, still no mini fridge. Calling you out, Ooze Media. Pathetic. Calling you out. Hey, look. If, While if, I'm if, calling out Ooze Media, let's go ahead and throw a shout out to them as well because they may not put a mini fridge in the uh, studio, but they do have great podcasts. If you guys like listening to this show, you're interested in sports, check out their other shows. You can find them on the app you're listening to now, Ooze Media, or online, WoozeMedia.com. Let me just tell you if two early exits from the playoffs with high expectations, isn't enough to get you in this coveted mindset that you're on about, then what are we talking about? I mean, I mean, I, I just don't care at all. This season has no bearing whatsoever. I mean, I don't care if there's three losses here, or there's four losses here, four wins. I don't care if we won 20 games in a row going into the playoffs. Like, like, Literally, none of that matters to me at all because if you can't get yourself in this mindset as a professional athlete, as somebody who wants to win a Stanley Cup after two early exits, then what are we even talking about? Why Why is Jared, Jared Bednar even here if that's if that's what we're concerned about? I mean, honestly. He won't be if they have an early exit. <laughs> oh, there you go. But I'm... <laughs> nah, man. Hey, I, I am not, I'm not all that concerned. I, I just don't think it matters. Like, I don't think this losing streak is anything to get your you know, panties in a bunch about. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to keep riding that wave of optimism with the, with the avalanche. Okay. Have Avs have here. three games left. Uh, again, it is Tuesday, April 26th, three games left of the regular season. Then the playoffs begin the very beginning of May. So when we get back next week, when we do our show, the series will have started. Likely they may not have played yet, but we'll know the opponent. We're going to, he doesn't know it yet, but we're going to bring Tyler Walgie on here. I'm going to find him. I'm going to track him down. I'll bring him on here. We're going to talk a little hockey next week. So be sure to tune into that. But also tonight, the Dallas Stars take on the Vegas Golden Knights. Again, this is Tuesday, April 26th. This will already happen by the time you guys listen to this. But that's a big game for not only the Avalanche, but anyone in the playoffs. Because if the Stars beat the Vegas Golden Knights, Vegas is eliminated from the playoffs. That's a big one. That's a team that scares oh, me, even and, though they have And how do you well. think that'll affect the Avalanche mindset, Jared? Well, into the playoffs. I'm sure the team that knocked them out <laughs> two years ago, I think, uh, is not the team that you ended up. Is that going to get them against. in the okay. Zen? Is that going to Zen won't them hurt. up? It won't hurt. I'm just saying I don't want to play them. It's a team that has been very good for the last few years. No, don't want to see them. I'm giving you a great. Don't want to see them play. So let's root for the Stars for for okay, once. Even stars. though it's weird because then the Avalanche might end up playing the Stars. So pretty much comes down to either the Stars or the Predators that the Avalanche played to. Those two teams are only separated by one point. That's probably going to go down. So it's either going to be the Vegas Golden Knights who knocked us out last year or the Stars who knocked us out the year before or the Nashville Predators who We're knocked screwed. us out the year We're before screwed. that. What is going to go on oh with our God. mindset? You're ruining it for oh me. Why gosh. are you doing this? I don't know. 
<laughs> Sorry. Right, guys. All right. Last thing we're going to talk about before we get out of here today. NFL draft begins Thursday, April 28th. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. No, I'm not. We're not going to go through all that. I'm just kidding. Um, it's kind of weird. I don't know about you guys. I am a huge draft person. I love it. I love the lead up to the draft. I like looking into the prospects and the lists that come out. It's fun. I have found it very boring this year, and I think it has to do with the fact that the Broncos basically don't have any premium picks. I think they have the one second round pick, right? But aside from that, they're they they don't have a a, a lot, you know. I, I think they have two second rounds. They do. Do they? I thought they got rid of one of them in the trade. Uh, we can look that up. But where are you guys at? Do you guys have any energy excitement for the draft on Thursday? The first round, I should say, at least on Thursday. It seems like a pretty boring draft. I'm just so we got all of our happiness out with Russ Wilson. I personally don't even care. I don't think I could care any less. Give me another biblical outpouring of love and support. I want another thousand tweets from Russ. And with Russ, it'll be very biblical. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I love it. So uh, I kind of feel what you're feeling here too. I, I'm, I think, so for me, I'm not a big draft guy. Like I love watching Goodell get booed. Like that's, that's where I'm at with the draft. Like I just, I love watching him get booed. I'll, I'll crack a couple cold ones, you know, watch the first round. Um, but without, with, with the Broncos not picking in the first round, that pretty much removes the majority of like the players that I will know. You know what I mean? Like I know there's like a couple Colorado players that'll be in the later rounds potentially, right? Like the tight end from a uh, CSU. And it'll be interesting to see that. I'll be interested to see like what the Broncos do, but I'm not going to know a whole lot of like, uh, you know, intimate knowledge about these guys in the second, third, fourth round and beyond. I think it goes for me beyond just knowing the players. And, and when you look at, I guess with the excitement I get on draft day, and I'm actually kind of looking forward to a, a, a first round with knowing the Broncos aren't going to pick. It's it's the crazy trades. It's the it's the weird things that teams do to move up one spot, two spots, and then the guy they take sometimes. You know, it's the it's the Aaron Rodgers pick and everyone's just like oh my god what are the Packers doing and holy crap 20 years later that looks like a pretty good idea you know those types of things whatever the Raiders do that's great entertainment on day one of the draft I love it, it, it it's, a, it's a drama I would have thought you you made it up like it was a story a fantasy there's no way this happens in do, real life do you think it's a condition of the Raiders draft picks that they must get a felony within the first three years yeah I think Ooh, that is actually that's, that's a little much okay okay Connor no they get Let's, their whole rookie contract <laughs> before they're required do you, to do you think them. they give him a lawyer like on draft day like here welcome to the team also here's your lawyer the, one of the things that I love <laughs> best about teams is when they justify bad picks so they they selected Cleveland Farrell top five I think at least top ten total reach at the time everyone said it was a reach they knew it was a reach he has not developed he's not performed in that same draft they drafted Max Crosby in like the fourth or fifth round and they're like, oh, no, it doesn't matter that we missed on this guy because we hit on Max Crosby. It's like, yeah, you could have had Max Crosby and an elite player with the top five draft pick, you idiots. Just because you hit on somebody in the late rounds, a lot of people said that about Elway. Yeah, you hit a no, lot of late round picks. That doesn't of, justify the fact that you blew well, it on the premium cool picks. Here. I don't know if he hit a lot of eight, late round picks either. I don't know, man. Danny <laughs> Trevathan was in there. Uh, there's a few. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's keep, oh, going. Don't, keep going. Don't on make that me list, do that. I, uh, Malik Jackson's <laughs> in there. Uh, uh, I, I mean, fair enough. Come fair on, enough. You just 
Hey, I, if there's cause for excitement, it's going to be it's uh, for me. It's because it's it's the second year that we don't have to watch John Elway throw away terrible picks. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm actually really interested to see what Peyton does with this draft. He's been known to like picks. He doesn't have a ton. And just to touch back on what we were saying earlier, it is only one okay. second rounder. They one have second. they have two third rounders. Ah, still two thirds. this year. So they pick at 64 in the second round, and then 75 and 96 in the third round, and then they have two fourths, a fifth, a sixth, two sevenths. So actually, still a lot of picks, just mostly day three picks, and let's be honest, not many of us know the names by the time they're coming out there. That's when we're grabbing our phones and doing a quick Google search on the guy to figure out who he is and what he's done. But again, that's where great teams are built. You want to go win a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson? That's how you do it. You hit on those day three picks because then those guys can perform while on rookie contracts, and it doesn't matter that you're about to probably pay Russell Wilson $45 million a year. I mean, what, what's his number going to be? I mean, it's going to be high. When it it gets don't know. Don't care. Yeah, worth Couldn't it. Couldn't care any less. Worth it. No, it's. Uh, I'm glad you added that that qualifier in there, Jared. You're coming around. You're coming around to the to the to the dark side with me on the fact that I think like you, you what you just said. It doesn't really matter unless you have the quarterback. Yeah, I like how you added with Russell Wilson. This is how you win a championship because before you were selling me on this idea, like this is how you build a championship team without a quarterback somehow. But, but this uh, is where you and I fundamentally disagree. And this actually is a good discussion to bring up while we're talking draft because that's what the draft is. You're approaching how to build your team as it's currently constructed to win a championship. If I don't have a quarterback, I load up on talent. I get as much talent as I can because I can be a very good team. I can even maybe go on a crazy run for a year without a quarterback. This is the argument mm-hmm. I've made with you time and time again. You're never going to be a perennial Super Bowl contender without a quarterback. We agree on that. Yeah, but we're never going to... There gonna are get- plenty of teams in the history of the NFL, some of them as recently as last year in the 49ers that were pretty darn close to getting the Super Bowl, that have a chance to win a Super Bowl without an elite quarterback. Mm. But they didn't. But they didn't. There's been plenty <laughs> that have. With the exception of the trend deal for Baltimore Ravens and maybe the 49ers Jimmy G team. Uh, how about the Buccaneers with... Was it Brad Johnson or whatever? What other retread quarterback did they have? All right, let, let me time? correct myself. In the past twenty-five years, how about that? Twenty years. Past twenty years. I'm Brad sorry. Jo- when Tom Brady wins half the Super Bowls, it's <laughs> a little bit hard. Okay, because well, he's a quarterback. Because he's a quarterback and he's elite. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying you're all of a sudden skewing it a little bit there. If I'm choosing between a group of six names of but, guys, yeah. But at least we have our quarterback this year. Yes. So we'll be interested. I, I, you know, I would anticipate that. Uh, it, it, I'm I'm really excited to see what the Broncos do uh, offensive line because y- you got to pick a tackle, right? I mean, you got to have a tackle at some point in this draft because you know Garrett Bowles is is kind of getting yeah. I mean he's he's getting older. We he's, knew that when we drafted him, he probably had one big time contract, and then after that, he'd be tailing off because he was in his early twenties, mid twenties by the time he was drafted. Right, and you know uh, obviously your right tackle solutions aren't very permanent right now either. So I, I'm really curious to see what they do uh, from the offensive line perspective as well as I, I would love to see him go out and get a linebacker uh, possibly another D back uh, I, w- I would imagine they're probably going to go after another defensive back somewhere do so. you think the Broncos can land any starters in this draft where they're I mean and, and let's say they can trade up and down and around will they land any starters in this draft day one starters yes it could happen yeah 
Easily. I, actually, you know what? I'll even say it probably will happen. What position would you peg it at? Or you, you just think they'll I, find a talented player at, at number second pick? See, I, I, Nick says tackle. I, I, uh, I don't think I would go with tackle because I think that they, I think they like what they have with Turner and, and Massey. And, uh, My only take about that is it's so quick. It's so easily to get injured. Oh. And so you have such a rotating cast of, of starters based on who gets hurt. And I just feel like teams that are successful with the run game, they, they're very deep. They have the ability to have people that they can plug and play based on injuries. So I would imagine, to Jared's point, that you're inevitably going to have some lineman or a tackle that gets hurt and has to spot for a game. So I would imagine... And, and you actually bring up a good point because Billy Turner has a lot of experience at guard. He could kick down a guard if he did draft a tackle. He, he could, but but I, I still... I don't see... I guess... Okay, so I guess that's a different question. Like, is he going to start at some point in the year or are you talking like day okay, one I'll, I'll even give you a some point in the year. I mean... I'm sorry, I was you, going at some point in the yeah, year. Are, are we going to have a draft? I mean, I so think I was that's thinking impactful. That day one if you starter. don't oh. have a first-round pick and you end up with a guy starting as you're going into the playoffs... You got to be really happy with that yeah, pick, right? Fair, fair enough. So, uh, so I think if you look at it like that, then Nick has a fair point. But uh, I, I would still, I would still peg it at linebacker. That would be my guess because I don't, I don't really think the, you know, I, I don't think the Broncos have someone they love necessarily. Although, you know what? It even, even that would be tricky for a day one starter because you know you do have your edge rushers that you like already, right? You, you, you have, uh, you signed Josie Jewell, so. It probably would be tough to crack a day one lineup. Actually, you know what? If there is going to be a day one lineup guy, it might actually be a defensive back. Yeah, and and I, I think that there's a possibility, but but where does he fit in there? I mean, where do you see a a guy a, a corner maybe that, that comes in and impresses that maybe sneaks maybe into a nickel, that, although, that they nickel did, guy? although they did although they did sign a nickel quarterback. Sure, but they didn't pay him big time money. It's not a guy that if somebody came in and camp was better than him, they're they're playing him over. Uh, is it Trayvon Williams? Is that his name? The guy that they. Yeah, I believe that's how you say his name. Um, so that that's what I, I tend to disagree with you guys. I think short of injury, I, I actually don't see it. When I look up and down this roster, even at the positions of need, which in my mind, the biggest position of need is O-line. Up and down this O-line, there is not much behind the starting guys. I think even their starters outside of Bulls are average at best best well, and Bowles is not a pro bowl caliber guy i don't think so your line is a below average line in my opinion maybe an average line so i think if you can add guys there but i i just don't maybe if you snag somebody in the second round that comes in and impresses but i think your best opportunity for a guy to start would actually be into your o-line a later round guy that really impresses when he gets in yeah you know as we're talking about this, I think I've come full circle, and maybe I'm going to answer your question. No, I think I'm, I think you've, you've uh, walked me over to your side over there. Now, I, I do think starting quote unquote is a little bit overrated of okay. a term, and so I think really what you're looking for, right, is is are you going to get guys who contribute, right? Okay. Guys who so are get the Broncos. Snaps. What did I just say? Snaps. They have like nine picks. Or let me count it again here. They have go back on the Googleinator here. We got one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine picks. Nine picks the Broncos have. How many of those guys, by the end of the, the season, end of the 2022 season, are playing a significant are, role? Are contributors, significant contributors. Yeah, I, I think you'd like to see, I think a, a good draft, you'd like to see, you know, maybe half of those, maybe, maybe like five. Yeah, I think if you're looking at a one year window, 
I think you're probably more in, in the range of if I get two or three guys that are making a significant yeah. impact that, you know, you don't have a first round guy. That would be your lock to be a significant mm-hmm. guy. I'm looking at a second and two thirds. Those are my guys. I'm not saying they will be the guys, but when you're making picks on day two, those guys better be having an impact in year one. Then I think as you're looking over a three to five year window over the course of this first contract, you hope to see two or three more of these late round guys. Yeah, you're five, I think may be accurate by the end of their first contract. Well, and, and, and to be clear, I, like I was thinking like that would be like a great draft. Yeah. Like I was thinking that would be like a, like he nailed it. Absolutely. I mean, because the way I mean, if you look at it, what, I, what I'm thinking is you ideally, right, would hope to walk away with this draft with a cornerback that is getting in the mix, right? You're playing a lot of dime packages, stuff like that. He's going to be in, you're going to hopefully get a cornerback that definitely plays some snaps, right? You're going to probably hope to come out with a linebacker that's in that rotation, right? Uh, You'll probably want to get an edge rusher who will also be in that rotation, right? He's not going to start, right? You have your starters, um, but ideally you'd want that. And then I think the kicker would be, like Nick said, an offensive lineman who at some point with all the injuries and stuff that could happen, um, you might get an offensive lineman contributing too. So I could see four positions there. And I'm going to give you a curveball here, okay? I don't know if they're going to actually do this, but what about a what about a running back? What if what there's if been a lot for? of talk about that? I, I see that a oh, lot yeah? on, on Facebook and, and some of the, the Broncos groups. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just sitting here People watching. And they haven't, they haven't really addressed. Like, but why? You don't need to address. There will be guys late in the draft, maybe or oh, yeah, maybe, I'm not saying early in the draft. I'm not saying or, go reach. You know, a name that's floating out there that I would love to see. Don't say Philip Lindsay. My man, Philip oh, my Lindsay. God. Get him back oh, in God. here as a complimentary backup role. Tell me he does not make a perfect counter part to Javante Williams. He does not. He does not. And let me tell you why. <laughs> let me tell you why. What do you mean? Philip Lindsay would be a perfect third down running back if he could pass block and catch passes, which are like the two primary things for a third down running back. Like, right? I mean, am I wrong here? Okay. I won't give you, uh, I, won't, I won't deny that he's not your ideal uh, th- third down but back. But that's what you need. But, you but need a third down no, back. No, I need with. a change of pace back. I need a guy that comes in and he's the speedster. He can break big plays, that sort of thing. He can... He's a great counter to the he's power gotta able, that you have. He's got to be able to pass block. You right. have to be able to pass block and catch passes. That's like, what Mike Boone's for, right? Yeah. Okay. Honestly, I like Mike Boone. I'm not. I am not a hater on Mike Boone. I, I could definitely see Mike Boone being the, that option for the for the Broncos this year. So. I'm a Buffs guy. I want to see. I want to see Phil back home. I like Philip Lindsay too. I, w- I was a fan of Philip Lindsay, but I just don't see the fit. I don't. I, I think that ship has sailed, my friend. Nick, how are we on time? Are we okay on time? Yeah, we're good. Okay. I want to revisit real quickly. Okay. Uh, if you guys remember about, let's see, this was March 1st. We gave some over-unders on the draft. We're going to touch on this again next week, but I just want to kind of freshen everyone's mind on Fresh. what you guys, we all put out there and, and the questions we had. Okay. So first one was how many quarterbacks drafted? And I'm going to give you guys a chance to change your answers too, or double down. Okay. How many quarterbacks drafted in the first round? Over-under was three and a half. Connor, you went under. Soaps, you went under. I went over. Three and a half quarterbacks, first round. Either you guys change them, you're both under. I stand. I hold. You're hold. Okay. I'll okay. stay. <laughs> the hand. He's waving the hand. Yeah, wave, okay. Like okay. I'm also going to stay with the over. I believe in it. They're talking about it. It's going to be Malik Willis. I don't even want to go through all the names. Kenny Pickett. He'll be in there. Uh, let's see. The other one, Matt Corral, maybe makes it in. And uh, the kid out of... Uh, uh, is it Texas Tech? That's the other one that'll make it in. You got four of them coming in there. Okay. Okay. Market. What? P- 
pick will the first quarterback be drafted? Over under nine and a half. We all took under. You guys have a quarterback going in the top ten picks. Yes. Yes. Okay, we're all sticking with that one. All right, nobody's changing. Nobody's changing. How many wide receivers get drafted for first round? Over under four and a half. You guys were both under four and a half wide receivers. Under. You guys are sticking. Okay. I'm sticking with See, everything. I like it. All these a- a- analysts change their minds over the time. You guys are sticking with it. I like it. I'm sticking over. We're going to stay with the same. Okay. Um, See, Jerry, we're fanatics. I know. We believe in ourselves. Yeah. We No, we're just stubborn. That's what it comes down to. Okay. True. Now, Broncos related. And I'm going to I'm gonna actually throw in a, a different one here. We had this the first round, and obviously at the time we didn't know they didn't have a first round pick, but I do have to give credit because my man Nick Sopris, he gave the answer of neither. That wasn't an option, and oh, he said neither. I said you could go offense, good? defense, or both, and he said neither. <laughs> really proud of myself right now. Well wow. done, sir. So you got that one already. Uh, I don't anticipate they will get back in there. Where do the Broncos go with their first pick in the second round? Do you go offense, defense, or do offensive they make line. two in the second round? Offensive line. I'll say offensive line as well. Okay. That, and, Connor, you were O-line before. I was edge. Uh, I'm actually going to switch over to you guys. I'm going to say O-line. Ooh, because, we brought him over. Well, they, they got an Typical. edge in, in free agency, so it, it, it makes sense. Although I'm, he has a shoulder. Actually, he has two of them, but one of them is hurt. <laughs> yeah, I know. We'll yeah. talk about that later. Uh, how many Alabama players? Over, under two and a half. Over. First round. What did I do last time? Over. Over. Oh, see, I'm saying under, and I, I, I'll i be honest, guys. I don't I don't know. I'm going to actually switch over to the over oh, because wow. you got to buy into Alabama. Everyone's getting in Alabama. What was I thinking before? Of course they're going to draft Alabama, guys. doesn't matter if they belong or not. Mm-hmm. I'm going to switch to the over. See, you guys, you guys are getting me to switch now. Okay, last one. How many Colorado players drafted at all? What did we say last time? Over, under, one and a half. Connor was under. under. I was under. Soaps, you were over. Yeah, over. Duh. Staying over. Connor? Obviously. Under. Obviously. Just All the right. tight end. That's it. So I'm the only one changing if, my If anything. No, I'm saying under as well. And it's, yeah, it's just Trey McBride, tight end out of CSU. Okay, we'll have fun. We'll touch back on those next week. We'll see how good that we did. Uh, also going to bring uh, Tyler Walgie in a little bit, have him talk a little bit of. If the Rockies keep winning, I'm going to force you to talk a little Rockies. Oh, wow. how about well, I hope that happens. Rockies. Yeah. I know. If you get me into June and they're still winning, I will so hard jump on that bandwagon. It's going to be great. We got room for you, baby. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's cozy. (laughs) Seats are heated. We got orange slices for you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay, but seriously, guys, bring orange slices next week. That sounds really good. It does. Uh, Or just a beer. That's an orange flavor. That works, too. Oh, a blue moon is what they call it. I'm good with those. All right, guys, make sure you find us on Twitter, at Red Rock Sports 1, and tune in every week. We release our episodes Tuesday nights. You can find them Wednesday mornings. For Connor and Nick, I'm Jared. Thanks for tuning in to Red Rock Sports.